0: nation providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength health and mindset inside and out with your hosts steve katazi and Bryn jenkins hey guys i hope today is ramping up to be a great one for you Today we get things kicked off with a bit of banter about the weird and wonderful world of humans collecting shit. Why do we do it? We chat about the craze for young girls right now called LOL Dolls that I'm sure the mums and dads can relate to, and we reflect generally on the pointless collections that we've had over the years, those crazes that have gripped the nation, all that money spent and now down the drain. Then we shift gears and we talk about a really important topic, stress. Or more accurately, identifying and dealing with the build-up of body fatigue and exhaustion caused from either overtraining, too much work, or generally being in beast mode all of the time. I talk about my recent experiences of attempting to restore my body's resources after years of punishment, and in particular, my unwillingness to take time out of the gym for fear of losing potential gains. But little did I realize I was actually being counterproductive in improving my performance both physically, mentally and from a muscle growth perspective. And this bombshell hit me just recently and you know, I've been feeling beaten up, chronically dealing with muscle tension, getting a bit ratty, even got this flu type thing that wasn't really a flu. I think it was a signal that I needed to listen to my body and do something about it. So we talk about my learning curve, both from a research and personal perspective. And we talk about some key things around stress, general adaptation syndrome, exhaustion, dealing with chronic background stress, and super compensation. We talk about some of these key lessons learned personally, the science, and some of the top tips for working through fatigue. I also wrote down this in a three-part article called Chronic Exercise and Life Fatigue, Are You Gassed Out? And you can find that on the adaptnation.io website. I hope you enjoyed this episode, guys, and you find it useful. And if you did and think others could benefit from hearing this discussion, please do tag or share this episode on social. Let's get on with the show. Bloody hell, have you seen these LOL dolls? Do you LOL know what I'm dolls. talking about? No. Oh, so maybe some of the listeners may be aware of these.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, if you've got kids, you probably will. If you've got girls, you definitely will. For others, they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> LOL dolls are this craze that have probably hit us over the last, I don't know, 12 to like, two years, like that, that mm. one to two year frame. And it's, a, it's like basically a kinder egg on steroids for girls. So there's no chocolate, and it's oh. just this um, multi-wrapped plastic ball. That's rubbish if
1: there's no chocolate.
0: Well, no, uh, no. I'm not. The, the, what's, what's inside, what's inside it. makes it worth All it right. for the girl. So it's it's this ball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it looks like a a bauble that you put on a Christmas tree. Yeah. Um, but it's wrapped in. Three or four layers of cellophane. So you wrap off one layer, and it's almost like can um, pass the parcel. Yep. Wrap off one, there's a clue. You wrap off another. It's three or four layers, and you get to this hard plastic ball. Right. You open it up inside, and then you've got a bunch of accessories, and then a small doll. And then you open them up, and you find out what doll you've got, and what accessories mm-hmm. you've got. And then you look at the map, right, and see which ones you've collected, whether it's a rare one, or a common one, or a fancy one. Um. Oh, fucking know. Even though the even though the dolls' names, it's getting ridiculous because I'm getting quite into this. Joys are living with uh, two young girls. But both both my girls, five <laughs> and eight, are just like it's it's their it's their life. They're watching kids opening up LOL dolls I've and talking of, yeah. about their toys just like just talking to the camera and there's that, like a
1: generation of of youngsters watching other people doing things on it's YouTube. a big
0: thing on youtube right? people do
1: that watching other people playing games you know, like computer games i don't really I, I don't really understand why where this is coming from Well
0: some of the youtubers like some of the most some of the um uh, most successful YouTubers in terms of money earned are actually guys playing games
1: like minecraft and yeah exactly like yeah.
0: I, I don't I, I don't get that and you know it is brain rot for my girls, and hey, when you have kids, Bryn, you'll understand that you know peace and quiet <laughs> is valued, and yeah. you'll exchange things that you know aren't good yeah. for quiet <laughs> 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 and them just chilling out. And they chill out when they have their earphones. <laughs> I
1: do, I do see it when parents give their kids oh, like the iPad, and I'm like, that's just definitely to uh, keep them quiet for a few hours. It and is, stick and, on YouTube. and
0: you know, got, I've got to reflect on our parenting skills, a little one go, okay, <laughs> it keeps them out of our hair, but it really isn't good. Cause they're literally, they'll, you know, one, the little one, especially might spend an hour watching kids play with slime mm. and kids opening up these, these dolls. And it's quite a, it's quite a, um, dramatic experience. Yeah. Right. Because you've got the different layers and you've got this, you've got the, um, A couple of little stickers that come out, and they're giving you clues as to what it is. So, like, just from a understanding the human psyche, this company have got it right Mm. because it's just that suspense that builds up and um, the surprise, and you don't know what you're gonna get. People love opening stuff, don't they? People love to collect stuff, right? So that combination of the colours and the time it takes to open it, and the layers, and you know the building up of the clues, and then even when you get the toy. It mm. can be a weir, a spitter, or a crier. If you fill it up with water, and depending on where the hole is on the plastic, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. What? A weir, a spitter, or a what? Or, or a, crier. a crier. And it might be another right. one.
2: Right, and that, then, cryer. sounds all right. And but... some of
0: them are, get, are color changes as well. They have like this special paint that when you put them in cold water, part of their clothing changes color. Right. And then you dress them up in these little <laughs> plastic dresses. These things are like 10, 8 to like 12 pounds for a ball. God. And it's a bit of plastic. The dole is about, I'm showing you but with my hands, like, like an inch, inch or two in... max. And it must cost about 50p to make. Yeah. There like the, the, the doll itself. It's probably it the packaging, insane. the wrapping. I I'd imagine that's what, but what costs supply, the company the but money. But demand is so much higher than supply right now. So wherever you see them, whether it's in a supermarket mm-hmm. or a toy shop or online, as quickly as they come, they go. So that hit, you know, do you remember as a kid, Actually, let's talk about this. Do you remember as a kid any crazes? Like any like yeah. big things that yeah. were were hot for all of like six months, but they owned the the schools.
1: Well, there's a few few things that um I remember in my childhood, like pot uh, do you remember pogs? They were like these little round plastic discs almost yeah and then you yeah, have yeah. a tube and you, you collect them and you put it in this tube and i think certain ones were of certain value and you could trade them and i can't remember how you played the game you used to like flick or yeah friendly. i never really yeah. understood how to play yeah it, it was
0: but it was all about the collecting really yeah. wasn't it the game was secondary yeah. to the collection
1: bit of power play when you're a kid seeing you know you just exchange <laughs> to try and get the most valuable ones and how valuable that tube or pogs become um and yeah i mean uh fifa stick it uh, stickers for do you remember the books you used to get and you'd get the stickers and every friday um after school my mum um would take me to the shop and get me some stickers and then i would open it up and then you'd see which players you had and you'd stick it in the book i loved collecting um, those
0: stickers man especially when you get a shiny yeah yeah when you get the shiny one yeah the, the foil the, the, yeah, ones yeah. <laughs> wow
1: <laughs> it was kind of like uh, creating this um, scarcity mindset of of, of certain cards or certain pogs and you'd always get and so many
0: duplicates of certain players yeah, everyone you would get want sick it. of seeing that person like ray parlor for us yeah. or whatever it is <laughs> and then every once in a while you get this like you know one, one yeah one of the ones which are really hard to come yeah. by and it was a good moment
1: oh actually i remember getting a coin one as well i don't know what i've done with that but i used to have so i had a big book again it was a fifa one i think it was a world cup and I think it was just a more expensive, elaborate version of, of the stickers because um, you'd get an actual silver coin. Um, so you go, I don't know where we used to buy the coins from, but we'd open up the book and it would have holes with so each you player's name. Your coins and you'd picked. slot your coin in it. Um, yeah. And that, that looked really nice, that book did.
0: Like, uh, you have to think, like, you know, what is it? I mean, it's an inbuilt thing for us to hoard yeah. and collect stuff right and it, I, I think it goes beyond being materialistic mm. it's you know i think just as human species we just want to collect stuff just want to like
1: yeah well if you think about it though they, they hoard things the, all these um fads if you were that, that come in are they're creating this level of suspense with scarcity and valuable um and hype and yeah but you're creating this um value value on certain characters certain cards certain um pugs and things like that so it's almost like the human psyche is like wanting to get the most valuable thing that you can because not everyone has got it and if you can get it then mm. there's something special or you, you found something other people haven't or do you know what I mean or you you've been luckier than others and i just think there's something there that I these know companies some people have worked have on
0: looked into you know sign you know back historically and thinking about you know ancestral traits and have looked yeah. into these kind of behaviors and understood the human psyche enough to go actually you know this is the thing like mm. we all inside us want to amass stuff yeah right it's it's a sign of maybe uh, uh you know way back when is it like you were collecting food right yeah. you were trying to you know store as much stuff as possible so you could survive but now we've transferred that need to you know amass food for yeah. survival to just what other material shit can we can we <laughs> you know just clog <laughs> up Close our houses our house, yeah. with right i mean i remember when i was a kid there was a i've been quite a collector frenzied kid Right, Um, and it still it still shows itself through to today, and I'll I'll explain it in a second. But um, I've collected a lot of stuff. Like there was a phase two or three years at school, and it was wasn't just me; it was probably the whole school. We really got into pens, so pilot pilot pens and Parker pens, like you know the fountain Mm. pens. Then I just became a thing to have a nice cool collection of pens. So I had like massive, you know, cases full of pens it was just ridiculous i I didn't need them didn't use them yeah i didn't do enough writing to (laughs) warrant the amount of pens yeah yeah. but i had pens definitely the football stickers bloody hell football stickers and there was a there was a nba card collection they weren't stickers they were just like collect all the players nba stuff yeah and they were really expensive because they were thick stock card yeah and they're in foil wrap um packaging yeah and it costs like a pound each for a, 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 and that easily mounts up with your pocket money so i remember like you know skipping food to go yeah like to go and buy myself sticker collections magazines (laughs) or (laughs) these cards and um yeah it was just this this desire to like have i got something i haven't had before is it a special one you know can i trade it with my mates it's you know, trying to complete something. I'm definitely a complete finisher. Yeah. And once I have something, I want to have, I want to have completed the, the quote unquote game. All. Yeah. And the game in my mind is collect them all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and thinking of that phrase, what about Pokemon's? Yeah. You were probably too old. I was too old. But my brother and sister were very into Pokemon. Were they?
1: Were they the same? Were they cards? I can't remember. I think no, there cards, were cards well, again yeah. that you'd trade, again, you trade. Again, foil
0: and wrapped it... and collectible items. You go to like weird collector shops to go and pick them up not just news agents
1: i think you could um battle your cards off of each other so something like if that. your one had certain powers mine didn't yeah. then you could have my card or something like that and yeah like
0: top trump a little yeah, bit yeah
1: like that and i because now obviously it's on the app and everyone's playing um have you seen the meetups pokemon meetups randomly no so um there's a park i go through locally um when i come home from work and There'll be I'll go through the park and there'll be like a group of like ten people. But it, it always looks really odd. And they're all standing around, they're all looking a bit shifty and because none of them are talking. Dogging man. Yeah, it, it seems like that, but it's <laughs> there's like a really odd, diverse group of people because there was a guy there with his kid in a pram. Then there was a young boy with his hood up and a cap on. Then you had this woman that's obviously just got off the train um, in a, you know, you wouldn't business. put these people together as like friends together. normally. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's a really odd bunch of people. Okay. So I walked past them and I, I looked and they're all on their phones and I had a little look over as I walked past and they're all playing Pokemon <laughs> and they're all meeting up and just playing and they're not talking to each other. That's just, bizarre, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. They just stand in the park together and I keep seeing it now. So I've seen it like five or six times in this in the park, um, and it. It's really, really odd that people are doing that. And then, where do we go? When we travel around Europe, it explains why we kept seeing these random groups of people, all like sometimes like 20 people, they'd all be on their phones, head down, playing a game. And it would have been Pokemon.
0: Wow. Um, Yeah. That is funny, man. It really, really odd. When when Pokemon first hit, I must have been, I want to say, maybe 12 or 13. Roughly then, I was in secondary school brother and sister were quite young maybe a little bit older maybe like 14 15 actually um they were old enough to understand it and want to do it yeah um and yeah because i have this already inbuilt desire to collect stuff <laughs> i i kind of lived through them for a period of time like so buying you, them these pokemon them? St- uh, these <laughs> packs and you know because they were double purchasing right because they yeah. were both getting them and they can trade between each other and <laughs> I actually remember making up some Pokemon cards for them, like go on the computer and actually make new characters. Really? It was odd. It was <laughs> odd. But another <laughs> thing about these collection things is my mum, she would fuel this need, this collective collection type mindset. Right. Because I've had loads of sticker book collections, loads. You know, like 10, 20 different ones. Yeah. Like from Banana Man to all sorts of shit. And my mum would do... Quite a weird thing. I don't think this is common. It's like my mum, she was young when she had me. She was 20. Um, and she's still a kid, right? Mm. And like, She's trying to run her own life and, you know, feed up, feed me and kind of keep the money coming in. So she wasn't maybe as present as you'd like it to be. And the relationship was, you know, sometimes we're really connected and other yeah. times she's doing stuff, right? Um, so maybe it was guilt or maybe it was just an easy way to make me feel good. But instead of us like spending every weekend going to these cool places and just experiencing stuff, she would buy me gifts as a as a shallower but appreciative way. Was it me, a cultural
1: thing? Um...
0: I don't know. Maybe she grew up like with like the idea of you show your, your love for someone through a gift. Yeah. But she would like every once in a while, she'll get me loads of chocolate. Mm. And as a kid, amazing. That's brilliant. Or she'll go to the news agents and buy a box of stickers. Like, you know, like the, the you, stickers come in a box of like the whole thing. 20 or 50 packs. Oh man. She would just buy a box for me. She wasn't <laughs> made of money, but every once in a while <laughs> she even felt guilty or felt the need to come of make me She probably didn't have the money good. buying Uli stickers. No, and she just bought me a box like yeah. the whole fucking box they'd sell <laughs> that they'd open up and sell one by one in yeah. the news agents. I had it like, like wholesale. <laughs> So that was insane. So like I'd get these massive spikes of dopamine, right? Yeah, I'd yeah. get these massive spikes of excitement and reward and opening them all up. And
1: I bet you completed these in, in a week, didn't you? No, nah, you Were still the, end up kind of, yeah, having the same finding, shit. Yeah. Loads yeah. of the
0: same shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny,
1: man. <laughs> Did you ever collect the... Um, uh, like my brother used to collect beer mats. I don't know... I don't know what the obsession behind beer mats was because they're probably all sticky, smelly old beer mats from pubs. But whenever my yeah, dad used to like I go to like pubs, that. yeah, and whenever we'd go, my brother would always like collect them and he had a big stash of them at home. Well, I mean, I don't know what you do with them, but
0: but again, again it's, it's this this, this an innate like interesting desire, interest desire yeah. to just amass stuff. And especially if it's part of a set, yeah. then the idea is like, I want to get the whole set. So like fast forward into today... Mm. I still have this. It's in control, but like, if I go to a shop and I, I see a nice t-shirt, yeah. I, that's a nice t-shirt. I'll buy it for put it on. I like that. Whatever colors have they got? Mm. And I end up buying every color for that t-shirt. Not Are all you? the time, but a lot of the times, like especially super dry. <laughs> I go there and they've loads. Of, I'll, I've got one t-shirt ten different ways upstairs in my wardrobe <laughs> Have you? just because I like it I like the way it fit and oh they come in loads of different colours I'll buy all of them must be mega coordinated your uh, wardrobe it's not it's just full of fucking <laughs> random shitty colours but <laughs> like it's still in me to do yeah. it it's still in me to go well you no know, this ain't gonna last forever you know seasons and you know new new, new yeah. styles and fashions coming in so I'll get all of them now yeah Right. and then you've got them all <laughs> prepared weird. ahead of time <laughs> but, so there's that but I've never done beer mats but i've had mates like this was when i was younger i don't think they would do it now but who would like party scene and stuff have mm-hmm. drinks keep the bottles yeah and then have a bedroom full of empty somewhat alcoholic smelling oh, room man. full of beer bottles like all random bottles like you know alcopop pop stuff yeah and beers just like shit loads of different stuff uh, you just know
1: stacked up on show and
0: i'm I didn't get that. I'd look at that and go, that's messy. And that's rubbish that you're collecting. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. Literally rubbish. Yeah, yeah, that's horrible. But there was a part of me was like, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> right?" So we still do that. We now do it with magnets. So like everywhere we go, yeah, every new food. place, yeah, like abroad, we will have to get a magnet. It, we do st- that, yeah. it started off being a present to the girls. It's like when you're in airport, an airport, you know, the shops are shit typically or yeah. they're like prada and i'm not getting a kid's prada <laughs> so you end up going to like the news agents and what yeah. do they have they have magnets so it started off being just a nice thing to do for the elder one and now it's become a we've got to collect all the stickers of yeah. the world right everywhere we go we've got to collect you one to, and yeah, try you and complete the yeah, set yeah. by the time we're you know yeah. by the time we die yeah
1: me, it's me and lisa insane. done the same we wherever we go we'll always get magnet because it actually started off i think lisa wanted to buy dishes and I was like, seriously, dishes—they're just that's going to end up cluttering the kitchen, and there's going to be dishes piled up everywhere. Imagine yeah, yeah. you buy a dish every time you go away. Um, or oh, little shot so, glasses.
0: A lot of people do that.
1: Yeah, and they just end up sort of—they're just not everywhere. easy to keep. Yeah. Magnets are easy to put them in the fridge, yeah, so exactly. we're like, that's probably a better idea if we're going to collect a load of them. Um, yeah, no, we do exactly the same. Yeah,
0: and it's it's part nostalgia, it's part like reminiscing and uh, reminding you of where you've been. Yeah, um, and it's part almost like having a, a virtual passport on your kid on your. Fridge. Yeah. But it. It's also just collecting shit. Yeah. You know, it's just odd, isn't it? I'll tell it?
1: you what else we've got on our fridge. Is, um, is a big map of the world and then it's um you can scratch off where I've you've been. I've seen those. Yeah, yeah, they're cool. So you just scratch off where you've been in the world as well. That's quite cool. Do you not
0: feel the need just something like wake up at night and just scratch the whole fucking thing <laughs> yeah. off? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird scratching and, just like, and have Lisa pissed with you forever. <laughs> yeah, just
1: completely ruin it because she's, Lisa's done a lot of traveling so she's actually scratched a lot of it off already. Okay. Um, but there's some untouched land, mainly Russia and North Korea. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> don't think we'll ever go there. Maybe. That is cool. I, I, I probably should get into that. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But anyway, so that's the weird weirdness of uh, my collecting habits. Yeah. and LOL dolls, man. I mean, you got to get into so LOL dolls. So LOL
1: laugh out loud or lots of love? I
0: think. Oh, I think it's probably lots of love. Yeah. And it, that they're, makes they're sense. and what they've done is they just continue to increase the range. Yeah. So there's now they're now onto their third or fourth series, and then they they have LOL sisters, which are the yep. big ones. They have LOL babies or something the little ones the little versions of them you have to collect those too and now they have lol pets basically the pets of the big girls I'll see what i do. and you then they all have brothers different brothers and, then... and they're all in part of different clans or groups yeah um there's new maps every time so you've got to collect them all some of them are scarce Mega. and therefore they're going on like ebay for like you know 50 60 quid for a doll just because yeah. you can't find them anywhere they're ultra rare and they have this idea of increasing scarcity. Yeah. And the kids love the drama. They they even film themselves doing it because they get cottoned into the whole, you know, like showing people what you've got. Yeah. And it's an easy way to give them a treat because it's something they both want. Mm. right? So we've actually got two balls up on the fridge. When you go back and you'll see it, two yellow balls there. They won't go and grab them. They know that they're there for when the time is right so right, like they, okay. every day they walk into the kitchen and they see these two like things they just want golden but yeah. they know they have to earn it so we've got like you know point systems or like collect x amount of marbles for go- being good and then once yeah. you've done that you can open up a, it's a good a idea. Yeah, yeah but yeah it's an easy way to go you've done something good here's a tree or yeah you've been bad be good and then you can get one of these i like
1: how you put it right in sight
0: <laughs> every day man <laughs> so it, would, it. it would drive me mad i'd wake up <laughs> at night and get 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 a little footstorm. Maybe they've
1: already taken a layer or two.
0: (laughs) Anyway, collections, they're weird. Adaptation. Let's get into what we wanted to talk about today. Um, I've actually just recently put a couple of things online um, about me coming to terms with probably experiencing some fatigue and exhaustion which you know the symptoms aren't aren't always that obvious mm. and they can feel like they're just lack of mental focus or yeah. they can feel like slightly depressive or you can have these aches but not correlate these aches to training mm-hmm. or or tr- struggling to sleep so i've had like a few things i've been battling through nothing which has been overly dramatic but slow gradual increase of noise yeah and signal to say maybe steve that whilst you think you can train like a spartan right and just do it like just be solid and yeah. disciplined and do it every day maybe it's not helping yeah and that's been a really hard process for me to work myself through and understand the psychological and then the physical side of all mm-hmm. this kind of fatigue overtraining. So I thought we'd talk about that. Yeah. Like kind of let's open up that can of worms a little bit yeah, yeah. and 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 maybe ident- talk through how to identify the symptoms that perhaps you've kind of led yourself into this all out overtrained state yeah. and you need time to recover.
1: I think it's important for people to realize the, the negative effects overtraining or adding too much stress to the body has and how it can actually become counterintuitive as opposed to being a positive effect on the body um and knowing that training as a stress um is a stress and it's not a bad thing but we need to know how much of a dose we need we can add to our life because we've got all these other stresses that are being placed on the body mm-hmm. um so yeah I think this is going to be a good subject to sort of
0: touch on so this. Honest- you know, we can we can go a variety of different ways, but maybe a, a, a baseline kind of knowledge dump just so we've got some familiarity on some yeah. of the kind of the com the common language. You yeah. just picked up the word on stress. yeah um, I agree. So the research that I've done and the fam- being becoming familiar through my own journey mm-hmm. um, understanding that really there's things called physical stresses mm-hmm. and those are things like extreme cold or extreme hot through to pathogens and viruses, um, through to, you know, exertion, you know, um, you know the resisting against force. And there's other types of physical stresses, but mm-hmm. these are all set, you know, these are in our lives all day, every day. And then you've got all the mental weight and stress of, you know, your work, uh, you know, deadlines, family pressures, getting married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, these these things mount up and yeah, it's... It's then exacerbated by it. we live in a world where we have very little um, danger now, right? Yeah. Re- relatively, right? And, you know, like in our day-to-day kind of Western life. Sort of immediate danger, There's yeah. very little, yeah, near and present danger mm-hmm. where we should fear for our lives. Yeah. So, therefore, this kind of inbuilt system that works very well to excite us and, um, um accelerate accelerate our movement be mm-hmm. ready to fight or flight. you know that system is built to be able to deal with acute stress and acute danger mm-hmm. and i don't think we have much generally right. day-to-day but what we do have is an abundance of information our, board, our minds are being excited by just just an overwhelm of things to consider from all your social media apps to all the news that can come through to all the conversations that you have through to what you read on the newspaper through to just everything that's happening there's just like information is coming in all the time which is
1: then creating expectations and
0: and and because we don't have the bears chasing us or having to go hunt for our food anymore and create that stress response Mm -hmm. to go go achieve or run away from something we're actually over firing this this in an uh, this inbuilt yeah. system to random shit, like getting stressed because of social media yeah. or getting stressed for the smallest little things or or worry leads to this stress and this kind of exhaustion.
1: And that becomes more of a constant stress, isn't it?
0: Constantness, yeah. yeah so it's not acute in nature. It's not like a spike, a dramatic spike. It's this yeah. gradual compounding mm pressure that Mm. you can feel mentally and sometimes physically that's just weighing you down and getting you anxious or depressed or sense the feeling of loneliness or you're getting angry more often you know less ability to be compassionate and see other people's point of view because you're just getting weighed down Mm. that is the level set like stress is everywhere it is it is it is an effective way for our bodies to adapt yeah if you think about it right the first time we done a podcast it was a stressful situation mm-hmm. the more we the more we do it you know the more reps we do the more Easier reps you do the your body adapts you mm-hmm. you realize the situation you s- increase your skill uh you adapt mentally
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and um from a skill set perspective to handle this job and it becomes easier and easier to the point that whilst it still probably creates some kind of stress response it's pretty small and it's tolerable yep. yeah and then you look at that across everything you know whether it's a cold shower through to eating the eating some food that creates a stress response in your body mm-hmm. you know like whether it be chilies or it would be something that creates yep. inflammation through to you know you having you're, you're late for your training you're running hellishly to try and grab it or being dehydrated, or like this, everything is a stress. And then you get
1: to work in the shitty boss, and then the train's cancelled on the way home. It, like over the day, it can really accumulate.
0: And exactly, and, but then there's good stress, right? There's good stress, like you know, um,
1: uh, like physical like, exercise, right? That can be if it's done to to a, uh, the right dose, it can be a positive stress on the body because we get this um, adaptation where we become stronger, we become. Uh, more physically able, um, which obviously is a positive um, effect of that
0: stress that you place in the body. Oh, absolutely. So exercise mm-hmm. is um, is one of the main prescriptions for that kind of chronic background, weighing you down type stress, yeah. right? Because it releases endorphins. Endorphins are, uh, you know, a chemical which effectively um, alleviates pain. Mm-hmm and lightens your mood so you get this euphoric feeling of like yeah. runners high you get a better more energized outlook in life mm-hmm. but it dulls any pains that you may be experiencing as well so yeah it's it's like morphine they, they say it's like morphine but without the downsides of addict, addiction albeit people can <laughs> get addicted to it, yeah. endorphins as well right yeah, yeah. the need Definitely. for them um so your exercises for that reason is great but yeah. also you exercise you your body Gets fatigued as a result of exercising. Mm-hmm. It then recovers. Once it recovers, it super compensates and actually adapts. It actually gets stronger to handle the same or slightly higher dose of that same stress next time. Mm-hmm. That means, and that's why people continue to lift heavier, or people can continue to run further and faster, mm-hmm. or do the same dose of running easier. Yeah. Right, your body adapts to be able to handle what has happened in the past that anticipating it's going to happen again in the future. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. And if you can manage and own stress as a means to help you grow and get stronger mentally and physically, amazing.
1: And and that's a big part of what you just said is manage stress. It's managing all these different types of stress and making sure that there's not too much stress coming from one area or there's too much stress coming from all of the areas in your life um, and making sure that you um, adjust the stresses in your life as and when it is appropriate, right? Um, so but, it's,
0: but it's knowing when no, there might be a problem, right? Which, yeah. So here's, here's the thing, right? Um, like I'm not knocking high-intensity training or things like CrossFit. Mm-hmm. I don't really do either, but I can understand why lots of people do yeah and i can understand why lots of people run so you know for they could do it for performance reasons but Mm -hmm. a lot of people get into these kind of things because of weight loss yeah and then it becomes release it's like i actually enjoy that so i've had a busy day at work i've had stress you know here there and everywhere i'm gonna go crossfit session go and let my aggression out and release and i I enjoy the feeling of pushing myself I come out of there forgetting my problems, and mm-hmm. I just feel a little bit light, lighter in my head. Yeah. I just feel just a bit more relaxed, and I can get into the rest of the evening. I can understand why people do that because it's a it's a uh, very effective mechanism of increasing endorphins, mm-hmm. uh, putting letting out some aggression, some pent up energy, and forgetting because you can't really think about what no. your boss said to you as you're you know repping out you know cleans right. It just yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah, but. Herein lies the problem. Mm-hmm. If you have too much, too much stress in your life, mm. you know, through other physical demands or just things are weighing you down through the fight and flight uh, response kicking off through all these kind of mundane things like mm-hmm. overstimulated through information or cluttered life or a cluttered house or just mess and disorganisation that's leading to that anxiety and stress. Yeah. What it does is your body's ability to respond to a stressor is correlated to really the sum of all stress. Mm. So you can go to the gym and if you play your cards right and you get the time right, you can continue to progress, whether it be in strength or fitness or muscle size. But if there is a cumulative and compounding stress level through other things that you're having to wear and own, yeah, you have less resource. You have finite level of adaptation energy. Yeah. So if you're already spent and fatigued or broken or in repair, in need for repair, and then you layer on something so damaging in the moment, such as CrossFit, and then you repeat that daily yeah. without mm-hmm. an appropriate level of rest and recovery um effectively what you're doing is you're not you haven't got enough energy your body hasn't got enough resources to handle that stressful moment and get yourself back into a parasympathetic state mm. so it can then super compensate and get you stronger both physically and mentally
1: which means that you'll never be optimal when you're doing your session because you're always in this semi-fatigued state yeah and, and you see it quite a lot where where people are that they're training so much that the point we think they must be super fit and strong and physically able to do all the things they should be able to do, and then someone that's you know trains a couple times a week, maybe a bit of a beginner, comes in and isn't actually isn't actually that far behind them on in terms of um, weight they're lifting or the time that they can do something for. Um, because you are putting them against someone that's in a semi-fatigued state that's actually not working to their full capacity. And actually, if you took more time off and and like you say, you, you allow your body to recover and repair, say you're doing CrossFit and you're doing a, a workout the day where you've got to do a certain amount of reps for a certain amount of time, You're going to do that a lot quicker and a lot better and feel a lot better if you've had that downtime and allowed your body to recover. Um, And this is definitely something I've seen quite a lot of in people that think I must train, I must train, I must train. And they train every single day, give themselves very little time off. And actually, for, for the amount they train and the return they're getting isn't very great you think you should be way, way, way better than that if you're training every single yeah. day, which they are, but it's because they're in this semi fatigue state.
0: Well, look, uh, let's, let's create some examples to really kind of bring this home. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> if you haven't already pieced this together, I definitely have. I'm sure once I say this, it'll start to click. If, for whatever reason, you have a shit night's sleep,
2: mm.
0: it's only two or three hours long, for whatever reason, the idea of having to go work out that morning is one going to be weighing you down and two you're just not going to be able to show up you know you're not going to have the level of stimulation positivity and resources body resources energy you know energy in your muscles and just general like calmness unless you've had that caffeine but no, that doesn't work. No, but that, that's it's masking. That excites it excites you. Okay. It, it masks the tiredness, but the the resource resourcefulness is still the same. I exactly on the yeah. floor. So Mm-mm. think about training when you've had no sleep. Well, yeah. a lot of people do that. A lot of people are working their nuts off at, at work. Yeah, dealing with all sorts of things that maybe maybe if they're in a in a less stressed way they'd be able to deal with them calmer. Yeah, but they're getting themselves a bit you know bent out of shape and a bit frustrated up hold up a little bit of anxiety yeah. and then they go to the gym because they want to release they get the release but they repeat this five or six times a week yeah and then when they go home you know they're worrying about other things they're maybe getting too much screen time at screen time at night and they're getting a shit night's sleep and they have level of insomnia or a level of restlessness and they weren't in bed long enough as well so this just exacerbates right if you're not getting proper time for your body to handle the damage you've caused through life yeah and allowing it to fully restore so then it can bring it together in a stronger capacity but instead you are putting stress on stress or you are applying stress on an already fatigued or um, yeah. damaged body what that does and this is proven science this isn't just hypothetical it's called something called negative supercompensation.
2: Mm.
0: and whilst it won't make a lot of sense on this podcast I'll, um, people should take a look at an article on our um, on our website which will describe this it's called are you gassed out chronic uh, life and exercise fatigue mm. but the idea is is that you exercise or you have any form of stress your body gets fatigued through trying to handle it and then once it bounces back, it goes into this kind of recovery phase and then it goes into a super compensation phase which means you're actually slightly stronger yeah. and then it returns back to homeostasis, i.e. normal. Now, the idea of super compensation to make it effective is at the point in which it super compensates, i.e. you grow a little bit stronger as a result of that stress, maybe two, three days after a certain bout of strength training that's when you should train again yeah because if you get that right and you get it on the peak, you then compound on that and then this trend line goes up and to the right. yeah and that's where you get increased fitness, increased performance, increased strength, increased muscle. It's a beautiful thing. It also works in a negative or mm. opposite way yeah where you if you train when it's at that valley of fatigued and you haven't down, allowed it to yeah. bounce back up and then you train again, you're going to go lower. You're going to keep going lower yeah. and lower and lower. And you can get to the point where you start getting overwhelmed with the idea of training. You turn up to those training sessions your, or class or whatever it is, and you already feel beaten up. You feel it's mm. a grind or you haven't advanced in some capacity of performance for many weeks now. Um, it's beating up. It's hurting more to do it. You're, you've got more residual aches and pains that just seem to never go. Um, you feel maybe an increase in anxiety. You feel maybe an increase in overwhelm. Maybe you're getting a bit more ratty and yeah. uh, frustrated with people around you like your partner or people at work. But you think it's productive because training is good and the more you move, the better. Yeah, sure. That's the mindset. And that, is a place that i have been in yeah Britain, where i do a lot in and around my training
2: mm-hmm.
0: um to be as optimal as i can i eat really good food i supplement with all the things that are known to be you know nutrient dense and kind of drive up my my resourcefulness and then i have practices that i have you know morning and night that are restorative in nature and i care deeply about sleep and Whilst it's still a demon of mine, I mm-hmm. tried my best to try and get a good night's sleep. Yeah. So I'm doing everything I can to bounce back as quickly as I can. But I'm ignoring a fact of life, which is if you apply a stress onto a system, whether it be your gut or your head or your muscles or your car or your heart, it's gonna be damaged for a period of time until it can restore itself. And then be stronger as a result. And I'm training five days a week with no break. Mm. Yes, I'm training different muscle groups, but it's compound, some full body stuff as well. And I'm it's training really, really hard. Yeah. And the science says that super compensation phase for optimal gains is I really need to be leaving it between two and three days, mm-hmm. minimum two, maximum three, to train again in that, you know, using a similar muscle group. Two to three days. I'm, I'm disrespecting that Yeah. because in the morning, I feel great. I've got no DOMS. I'm feeling strong. You know, going to the gym is my identity. I, I love the discipline of my life. Yours. It's a routine. Yeah. I know once I go to the gym, I feel good because I've had a rush of endorphins and then I'm ready to start the day. I don't do it as a stress relief. I do it as a day starter, a kick starter. So I'm yeah. energized and engaged for the rest of the day. And it works perfectly. So when you know you, you have something like a drug, I'll take this drug, it makes me feel a certain way. I like that feeling. Well, if I have the same experience, I'll get the same result. So Which, ideally, I would have no days off. Yeah. Ideally, I would train seven days a week because I get a good enough feedback, response, and yeah. outcome like in the moment mm-hmm. that I want to replicate that every single day because it makes me really productive. Yeah. But and here's the rub. I've been growing increasingly achy like and breaking, you know, just backs aching or, you know, knees are in a bit of, in a spot above her mm-hmm. or I'm getting a little bit, you know, riled at home when maybe I shouldn't be. Yeah. Or my sleep is struggling because I can't get into a comfortable position because my body's always got this dull ache. Yeah. And um, then I get quite self-reflective about stuff quite a lot. And, You know, whilst some of my numbers are going up, you know, both in terms of my body size and my strength, I wonder if that's just through sheer want. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Versus my body is actually stronger. And that
1: might be that you're just getting better at the movement. You might be getting more efficient at doing the movement. Therefore, you can lift more weight. But it's... you're not ignoring these biomarkers, these biofeedbacks that your body's giving you. But because it's a routine and you're kind of grinding through it, it almost makes it hard for you to to notice all these these markers that are kind of shouting at you, saying, you know, you're, you're overtraining here. Um, you're not sleeping right. Or you might be, like you said, you might be a bit aggy at home or all these little things that are just sort of tapping away your you know, energy levels. But you, you've got it as a routine. So you're going to the gym and you're kind of almost ignoring that and going i'm just cracking on with my day it's part of my routine it's normal yeah Um, and then you you you, you go in the gym and and you lift and grind it out and repeat it again so
0: so the point i guess the point of of us having this chat is i can understand if training is almost your identity yeah i can understand the feel-good nature of training because it is incredible Mm -hmm. um and i can understand that addiction towards making progress whether it be muscle size strength fitness levels ability to compete i get it a lot of us innately have that desire especially men so i'm not taking away from that or saying you should be less interested in those things Mm -hmm. but if you do really care about those things maybe you could be smarter right so more work doesn't necessarily mean more Great results Yeah, and there's actually a a point of dimin not even diminishing returns a point of lowering returns right yeah. where people can start going to the gym and I, i've i've heard of people experience this where their fitness levels are starting to drop they can't run as fast and like but i'm training harder how can i not be more effective yeah like or Oh, today I've just had to put less on the bar today. I'm just not feeling it, and then that's their new standard. And without them realizing, weights have been going down. Yeah, that is a reality, as absolute reality of someone who is disrespecting recovery. Mm. And recovery is—I mean, for me, Bryn, and I'm sure many people that you coach and lots of people out there. I don't think enough people understand the importance of the body to recover. Yeah. They just feel if I'm, if I'm in the moment, I feel physically able. Then, then I am able, and the body's ready to go. So let's go. But well, there's this undulating, you know, position from in normal where you get fatigued, and then yeah. you supercompensate. And if you don't respect that curve, and you train when you're already damaged, you aren't not going to make. It's not a, a matter of you're going to make gains, but less slowly. Mm. You're likely going to not make gains. Yeah. At all.
1: Well, if you think about it, your recovery is actually pretty spot on from the point of view that you're... This is taking out training altogether. I'm talking about your sleep's pretty good. You know, you you prioritise your sleep. You know, you say sometimes it could be better, but... um, all in all, your sleep's pretty good. Your hydration levels are good. You're paying attention to what you're eating. Yep. You're taking your supplements. I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of
0: things right. Yeah, a so lot of things right.
1: The point here is that you're a guy that actually really, really pays attention to his recovery.
0: And I don't have a lot of other stresses. And
1: you don't have a lot of other stresses I try and
0: work on that. I try and work on not getting myself all yeah. bent out of shape with stuff.
1: Because you're working on your autonomy of the business and you're um, getting more efficient at things that you're doing. So therefore, you're recovery on that side of things is actually pretty well managed but you're still seeing these markers and these feedbacks from absolutely training yeah. so actually it's looking at your life and going well actually i'm recovering all right on that side of things so where's this stress coming from and then when we look at it, it exactly it, it's you placing a lot of physical stress mm. on the body through resistance training
0: and let's be clear there's there's um Again, on these these this three-part article we put together on the Adapt Nation page, um, there is a, an acknowledgement of timing between training sessions, yeah. and there are certain activities that take much less time to fully recover mm-hmm. than others. Like you know, if it's some light aerobic activity, mm-hmm. you can do that every day without with, without a damaging consequence. Yeah. But the far extreme would be you know extreme it would be competition sports and or strength training mm-hmm. you know that's going to knock you out for 6 you know and it does take you know if you look at the graph 2 days to return to normal yeah 3 days to get this kind of slight peak of where you've super compensated and actually grown grown or adapted yeah so it's that window that you need to be operating on on that yeah. muscle group and if you especially if you're doing full body workout type mm-hmm. stuff strength training so it's like a crossfit they're not isolating not not doing bro splits there no. it's full body you're using your whole Big, body every time and it's taxing on the CNS, yeah. and it's a lot of reps yeah um and it's fatiguing in its own right of course it is you feel it yeah. in the moment yeah so the idea of doing that daily if you're well adapted
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you're working within your limits because you're not really trying to progress <laughs> I could see that you can um, you can bounce back quicker than the average. Yeah. But if you are trying to work just outside your limits or far exceed your limits, you need time to recover from that body beating up state that you're in. Yeah. And um, using exercise as a form of release is only effective if you respect the recovery time that has to sit between those training sessions. Yeah. Now you can you can. You can play the system, right? You can tr- you can do body parts, part splits. You can do different types of training. You can undulate your and per- or periodize your training schemes. You can do all sorts of things to be able to get in more training volume mm-hmm. without that fatigue, or yeah. isolate the fatigue to certain systems or muscle groups. That's how you know the you know top athletes perform. They'll train for five to six hours a day for five days a week, but trust me their rest is much better than ours like these guys are sleeping during the day
1: but they've got they've got a whole team around them they've, they've got, got a whole
0: team doing massage everything. and you know doing all the special kind of biohacks
1: and 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 a lot of their or a lot of our stress i would say especially for an average person would be it's life men, stress. Would be life these stress, guys have one stress, stress on their
0: mind being better at their sport yeah,
1: these are top level athletes like we said with the team around them yep. They're that we don't have. So we've got to manage our own schedule. We've got to think about our training. We've got to think about what we're going to eat and we've got to prepare it, you know.
0: They've got that all taken care of, right? So they just have to think about showing up and doing their sport to the best of their ability. Exactly. So then they can train up to
1: five, six, seven times a week and usually not have too much trouble. But they do also have these deload weeks. They do have these weeks of downtime and periodize
0: their training. Because they've they've got expert programmers going yeah. okay this is how we're going to peak for a for a performance whether yeah. it be powerlifting or you know sprinting or even playing a team-based sport yeah they they are very well programmed yeah to push to their <laughs> limits test their test their kind of prs whether it be sprinting or other kind of performance-based stuff yeah. but at the same time respecting the body needs to recover yeah and <clears throat> we don't have that advantage we don't have You know, the best sports scientists and, uh, you know, physiotherapists and people around us dictating our every move so we can perform optimally. We're trying to work that out ourselves and have a life and run with all the pressures of earning money and working for people and, you know, running a family and all the life events that you try and impose upon yourself as well. That is the challenge. So, whilst I respect, That, you know, there are definitely some human beings out there that can, you know, work with and improve their performance with a six, seven day schedule of four to five hours a day. Yeah. You've got to realize genetically and all the resources they have around them, plus their respect for recovery means they can do that. Yeah. We have to be more pragmatic on what our bodies can handle.
1: And that's a good point that you've just made there, actually, about... um people being uh, genetically able to train more than other people. Um, Athletes usually tend to be genetically gifted at what they do. And then they lay a hard work on top of that to be elite. Right. Um, But at the bottom level, they are genetically good at what they do. Yeah. Um, So they probably have this ability to be able to train more. Um, Some people like, I think you have a greater ability genetically to train more than I do. I just, don't recover that quick even when i pay paying attention to my nutrition and sleep and i am eating enough calories and all of these things i st- i can i can ache and i can just my uh, energy levels can feel low sex drive can drop and all these little things mm-hmm. can all drop if i overtrain to me the f- like we spoke about in the previous podcast i train four times a week two days crossfit is very is very stressful it's it's um a lot of reps with a lot of weight um a lot of high intensity work and then I'm doing two sessions myself um, in the gym, which is more strength-based. But that's enough for me, and that's just four days. Any more than that, I start to feel a bit beaten up, and then I start to see all these um, markers that, that start to drop, like I said, my energy and mood and uh, appetite. So it's just making sure that I manage that differently to how you would manage that because you can train uh, you know, five to six times a week without any real problems albeit that you've got a downtime but this this
0: is the thing Bryn right you can say without problems because Mm. mentally I feel able yeah and mentally I I continue to get these benefits from training so and physically I don't have doms yeah so like you kind of layer all that together and go well like no my body's ready my body is ready like you know from a muscular perspective, yeah. they can go again. But this isn't about work, right? I'm not turning up for the gym because I have work to do. Mm. I'm turning up for the gym. Think about it. Why am I going to the gym? Yes, there's this release and structure and kind of makes me feel good. But I would do other stuff mm. if that was it. The reason I go to the gym is that there's, there's some progress I want to make. Yeah, Aesthetically functionally, and from a strength perspective. They're my goals. Yep. I've called them out. So I have to ask myself, am I in being optimally in support of my goals or am I wasting time? With the, co- you know, the conversation we had mm-hmm. just last week was, are you potentially wasting some of your time in the gym yeah. by not getting enough food in? Yeah. Right? And I think that's a valid discussion. But am I wasting some of mm-hmm. my time by both the work I put in the energy I put in that would otherwise go to other things I could do both in terms of time and body resources Mm -hmm. am I putting in too much time in the gym and then not allowing that recovery so I'm just putting damage on damage and now all of a sudden I'm starting to feel it because it last time I I deloaded Bryn even I went on holiday for a month I wasn't deloading I was training four to five times a week and where I could I was training hard yeah so probably the last D-load was probably October, November,
2: yeah.
0: 2017. So we're talking like six months ago. Yeah, That's a long time. If if you're thinking in the in schedule of an athlete, that's a long time to not take some deliberate time out yeah. where training hard is just not on the schedule. No. Just not on the schedule. Yeah. I've trained hard every week since then. And I just think it's been cumulative. Whilst my body's very resourceful, because mm-hmm. I do a lot of stuff around the gym to make sure I, I recover, in time my body's gonna say, Steve, oi, you know, catch yeah. yourself. And here's the kind of the penny dropping moment, moment is that I've been getting these increasing aches and uh, this increasing level of dissatisfaction sleeping,
2: mm-hmm.
0: even though I'm trying to do everything around it to make sure I sleep well. And I'm getting enough nutrition and yet I'm still feeling beaten up. To the point, I got a cold. I contracted what felt like a cold at the weekend. Said to Michelle, like, I've got a smoky, you know, sore throat. Mm -hmm. But I'm only getting it at night and first thing in the morning. During the day, I am perfect. Like, there is no sign of a cold. And I'm like, what is that? like normally you have something that's kicking on throughout the day and it just gets worse at the you know start and end but there's something that you're fighting and it's you can feel it right you know you're snotty and you're bunged up i wasn't getting any of that i was just getting a sensation of having a cold but only at night and hey maybe i'm reaching too many conclusions Mm. but for me it was it was like my body was saying fucking listen yeah like okay You're resourceful, you know. You're doing everything right. That even if you do have a virus in your body, you know, you're gonna you're gonna bat it off quickly. Yeah. And that's probably why you're not seeing it expressed in your day the way others would. Yeah. But it's it just it was almost like maybe this is like the um, amp. My body's amplifying the signal that you're battered. You're feeling fatigued. You're ignoring it. It's starting to accumulate. Mm -hmm. You're getting some kind of mental lowness that's yeah. coming with it hey what about if I sent, fire this signal up that you're, you're tired and I'm going to do that through this expression of illness because that's ultimately what happens if you fatigue your body too long it goes into exhaustion yeah and in that exhaustive state you will get ill and ultimately in extreme cases of ongoing uh, physical stress you'll die think mm. about it if you were in the sun you know just really hot sunshine for five minutes you come out and it's fine and if you keep doing it every day it's a small dose of stress because it is a stress on the body yeah and your body starts to build up pigmentation to handle increasing levels of that same stress you can go out and last a little bit longer without getting burnt but what about if you've done it for an hour without sun protection you probably get a little bit of pinking in the skin if you do it longer you're going to get burnt and it's going to hurt for a few days what about if you stayed in that sun for two days straight yeah and it didn't didn't have any time to recover from the stress and the damage. What what would happen? Mm. You would go from, you know, normal skin to light brown under the skin to burning to sunstroke, yeah. heat stroke, getting ill, and you would die if you stayed out in the sun and didn't come back out for two. Didn't come well, inside. You'd die. Eventually, like, you would die because the stress yeah. would build up to the point your body just gives can't up. Can't with it. It's gives
1: the, up. Well, it's the same as if you were in water, like really, really hot water and, and the water was getting too hot and your body just can't deal with it and eventually you, you'll die and it's the same with cold it water. Up. It gives It has got any more
0: resources to handle to, the stress. Exactly.
1: The stress becomes too much. If you're in cold yes. water, icy water and you're in there for too long, eventually you'll die just because your body exactly. cannot cope. Exactly, um, man. But and, short and that, term, it, ha- it ha- and,
0: can deal with it, right? And that is what you have... The potential to do to your body, the background stress, chronic stress you're dealing with that you've accumulated through just the stuff you worry about and some of the physical stress combined with a a fairly intense training schedule is just going to amass stress. And if you are not deliberately loading in parasympathetic activities and recovery-based activities and taking time out so that body can just deal with all the shit you've done Mm -hmm. to it and get stronger… And you keep accumulating that stress and damage, it'll get to the point of fatigue that then leads to exhaustion. And then after exhaustion, you get ill. And yep. then after you get ill, you can get chronically ill. Chronic and then after lifestyle. that, you could die. Right? Exactly. So let's 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 not be I'm not being fatalistic. I'm not saying you're gonna die. I'm saying that's the extreme end of taking stress on well, ongoing without a break. Yeah. So how about we ensure we get enough break from exactly. the stresses, both mentally and physically? And do things that, one, help your body recover, i.e. time away from training. And two, take yourself out of a stressy environment and create environmental changes, habit changes, Mm -hmm. food changes that are health-promoting and get yourself in a calming, parasympathetic, rest, digest, and recovery state. That, for me, has been the game-changer for me in the last six months, Bryn understanding the importance for that when my life has been go 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 Mm -hmm. how hard can i push how little can i sleep how much can i get done how much money can i make how successful can i be like at all at all cost cost of relationships across cost of time with my family the cost of my health yeah and i never pieced the health bit together until recently when i've gone fuck that that is important and hey you get to thirty, you want a slow decline because you've already reproduced. Typically, by that stage, that's by you know from a from a human evolution standpoint, mm-hmm. you know that's the kind of time when you've created offspring, yeah. And your body's on a slow decline. It starts. You, you start know, to know about you it. You start to know about it, and that I'm sensing and like almost resentful, no, almost regretful that I've operated with zero respect for recovery, yeah. and rest until really the last year.
1: And I strongly believe that um, the correlation between the chronic illnesses that we have nowadays um, is down to stress in all areas. Yeah. So my, whether that's physical or mental stress, um, but like you, you said, going back a few steps where you just said about eventually it would lead to death, but just before death is is chronic illness. And it's a chronic illness that can lead to death, right? Yeah. So that chronic illness is coming from somewhere,
0: and usually that's because we're not managing our stress. Um, but let's let's when we when we use the word stress, unfortunately, that is just so associated with like mental. Yeah. But physical, right? Yeah. And Physical stress could be you're eating the wrong foods every single day that's stressing your system yeah. out, yeah, causing inflammation. Yeah. Yeah. So now I think about stress as that. It's like mm. it's a an accumulation of the sum of all stresses the sum of everything that is creating a a a fight your body's having to fight some kind of uh external stress on your body physical mental internal external so reflect how many of those bad habits are leading to stresses that are leading to accumulation that you know Stress is absolutely a overall mental and physical stress on the body is an absolute correlated effect to cancer, for example. Yeah, so you start piecing that together and going, Am I creating a good environment or a bad environment for bad stuff to happen? Yeah, and I just think I've, I've allowed certain bad things to acu- uh, certain bad environments to yeah. form to the point that it's almost irreversible. Like, I've got this vitiligo on my face, and mm-hmm. I strongly believe. It was, it was damage related, whether it's just one episode of of, of acute damage in in the sun, or it's a cumulative cumulative effect mm-hmm. of stress, but not just sun damage stress, stress that I've imposed through the food I eat, the lack of sleep, the lack of recovery, the, the the lack of time to respond to you know work stresses and training stress and all that kind of stuff. Has that meant that certain systems of been broken down or mm. have failed. Yeah. And now my skin is an expression of that failure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think um some of the I mean all these things are usually breaking down and they're usually coming from somewhere. One of the some of the biggest areas that I see um through my career as a personal trainer is usually uh undernourishment from good diet, good nutrition. Um, coupled with um, life stresses from work and just being busy with the family, and just having all these um, social pressures, which brings this low level of of um, stress mentally. I, I tend to see these two are the the biggest um, stress uh, sleep. Sorry, is usually quite a big one under uh, not sleeping enough. People don't realize how yeah.
0: stressed you get as a result yeah. of not having enough sleep. I yeah. feel it every time. I like today. I'm I've woken up from a bit of a bad night's sleep because yeah. of i don't know just couldn't couldn't settle yeah and i know i'm not on my game now because i've had the benefit of seeing what good feels like yeah whereas before i'd be like this is great i've I managed to get six hours sleep i was in bed for six hours at least mm. like there's nothing to worry about this is my a game i realized i'm now realizing that today it's my b game yeah it is and it's because I didn't get enough time to rest and recover yesterday, for whatever reason. Got to try and correct it yeah. tonight. But it's having that awareness of like, to are you it. respecting yeah. your body's need to recover and rest? And if you can do that right, and you can get optimal time and frequency in, which again, all of the details on on tips on how to handle chronic stress or how to time your your training for optimal gains is mm-hmm. all in this uh, this article called Chronic exercise and life fatigued Mm. are you gassed um so guys hopefully you can check that out um let me know if you've got any thoughts or questions this is by no means uh, a one and done discussion because it is it's quite you know it can go on forever yeah right there's so many different ways you can look at stress and whether it be overtraining or just overall stress in life um, so we, we look forward to getting any feedback or ideas on how to continue this discussion in areas which would be helpful.
1: And what, what I would say as well, sorry, but just to add in at the end, um, for the listeners, just take some time out of your day um, to be aware of where the stresses are coming from in your life and just figuring out what needs prioritizing, whether that is your sleep, whether it is physical stress, whether it is mental stress, um, and just figuring out where the the biggest amount of stress in your life is coming from. And then you can obviously work to correct that reading um
0: Steve's blog. Yeah, you just need to be reflective and 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 be open and honest with yourself. Like yeah. it was a I'm not on it. Uh, yeah. I'm not honest enough with myself. Whilst I think I am highly self-reflective and I'm comfortable with negative feedback and I'm constantly trying to optimize my behaviors and actions mm-hmm. the reality is there's certain truths I don't want to hear. There's certain things I'm in denial with because it's not convenient for me to accept mm. it right now. Like yeah. I'm not tr- I'm, I'm not giving myself enough time to recover from a five day grueling yeah. strength training program. Hmm. I didn't want to hear it because that's my program and I've, I've got a goal and yeah. I need it exactly. But but ta- there's a moment, right? And whether it's now you listening to us, or it will come some other time where there's something happens where now you're ready to listen. Mm-hmm. But when you're ready to listen, take stock. Yeah. And reflect on clutter in your house. Reflect on the clutter in your mind. Is is your mind too busy? Are you consuming too much information that's not supportive to your health and longevity? Are you taking on burdens which are unnecessary, whether it be in your family, your friends, or at work? Mm-hmm. Are you this taskmaster where you feel you just got to get loads of shit done to be fulfilled and, and be valued? Yeah. The reality is less is more in the spirit of being happy. Trust me, this kind of journey I'm going on now where I'm decluttering my life and I'm taking stuff out, I'm finding myself being happier, more fulfilled, and more energized. And this is an example. I've got to take some training volume out yeah, and I know I'm going to feel better.
2: Yeah, that's what you got to do.
0: There we go, on that bombshell. All right, listen guys, Adapt Nation is all about providing you with the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength health and mindset inside and out thank you guys thanks for listening if you enjoy this show please leave us a five-star review on itunes it really helps and of course recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy
1: the show thanks for listening this is Nation.